0: Now, before we go any further, in today's session, today's message, I want to recognize my wife, who is here today. Carol Beth, would you please wave your hand or something? We will be saying afterwards, and she made—I won't tell you what she made, because I want to see if you eat it. I I think you will. Uh, But uh, we're leaving from the fellowship right after the church uh, to go to youth camp, which you already heard about. It's with, uh, our children and about six or seven hundred more. So you need to pray for us in particular, uh, that we, uh, make it all right. Of course, I hear a cool front is coming through. It's also here. I-35 will be complete by the time we come back on Wednesday. So, uh, I think that will be the case. They sent me a different way this morning and I know how to get here, but they sent me still a different way. So, I want you to repeat after me. Tu perpatimo el pizzo. Say that. Tu perpatimo el pizzo. Say it again. Tu perpatimo el pizzo. We are living in Hope. We are walking in hope. The living hope that we just had, which we talked about some last week, we're going to talk about that some more this week. But before we get to the living hope that God gives us, which we just, and you just sang about, we're going to talk about fear. Fear, because First Peter spends some time talking about fear. Now last week we talked about Christmas, and some of you got everything you wanted for Christmas. I know that. Some of you got nothing you wanted for Christmas. I know that too. And some of you, your future Christmas is going to, uh, hmm, Goodwill or somewhere else besides your house. I can remember putting together dollhouses as a young dad and putting together tricycles and bicycles. We don't have any of that stuff now. We don't, our grandkids don't have any of that stuff. It is garbage. It is taken to the landfill. Is what it is. The three most feared words, though, that we as dads sometimes occur to us during the Christmas season are three most feared words. What are they? There we go. So I knew somebody would have it. Some assembly required. Those are fearsome words because we look at that box. We go, somebody say, you've got to be kidding me. There's always a piece left over, right? There, And you don't know where it goes. It works. It seems to work fine to me. Maybe that part's supposed to move. Maybe it's not supposed to move. But there's three pieces or, or one or two or three or four pieces left over. Some assembly required. Peter talks about that. Much like... Someone who came much after him in the United States of America, in its growing up years, a preacher by the name of Peter, also Cartwright. And Peter Cartwright was getting about his normal Sunday morning, and he was preparing to preach, and someone walked up to him and said, Hmm, I want you to know, Andrew Jackson is going to be in the congregation this morning. So you need to temper your remarks because Andrew Jackson will be there. And Peter Carr writes, in, hmm, thank you for the information. He goes to the pulpit. And he gets up from the pulpit and he says at the very beginning, understand that Andrew Jackson is in the congregation. It was a large church. And and I've been told to guard my remarks because Andrew is here and I want you to know that unless Andrew Jackson accepts Jesus Christ as his Savior and Lord he is doomed in dying and going to hell boy that's how we started the sermon don't y'all want me to start my sermons like that <laughs> I know that you do and so Peter went on and preached his message and afterwards Andrew Jackson came up to him and said sir that was a good message. You know, if I had an army, a regiment of men like you, I could whip the world. And I'm afraid of what we just sang about. The living hope. It's easy to sing it here because we 're surrounded by believers, by fellow people that uh, that believe what we believe in and, and are going the same direction and, and understand of what it means to have a living hope of Jesus Christ, but what happens? When we reach the doorway, because that is what is important. That's what Peter, the apostle, was trying to do to these new Gentile, mainly Gentile, a few Jews. Yes, but these converts, he was trying to teach them. It's not about what you say in here that counts. It's what you live and what you do outside the door that counts. So last week we talked about several different things. And we talked about one of the things was... Uh, uh, and I'll get to that in just a minute because one of the things he talked about was the hope that we have, that we just sang about. The living, living hope that we have. But one other thing that I want you to know, we listen, in fact we had this discussion about pastors and, and what they should or should not say and, and how life, church, has changed in the last 10, 15, 20 30, 40 years. Back to the time when Peter Cartwright was preaching. And one of the things, one of the people that we listen to is, uh, I've already heard his name since I've been here, David Jeremiah. I've heard somebody say, oh, I, I abide by David Jeremiah. And I've heard someone else here say, I don't listen to him anymore. Because all he talks about is prophecy. That's okay. But somebody else that we have listened to before is And um, it's just because of what has happened to him. And not only because of what has happened, but because he is touched by God, Matt Chandler of the Village Church in Dallas area, and had, has had several churches in the past. But one of the people he has on his staff, which writes women's Bible studies, which you may not be aware of, but years and years ago, my wife... If you all can believe that, uh, would make me listen to people like Beth Moore and K. Arthur and some people like and I, what am I, what am I doing? And one of the things that came out of a study, I think it was K. Arthur, that my wife said, "You need to to tie in the scripture passage." Was Philippians four eight? I don't want to read that to you. Philippians four. Eight says the following, finally brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. You know, when I came in this morning, someone said, I choose I choose. What do you choose to think about? Do you choose to think about the good that's going on? Do you choose to think about... um Uh, My accountability group, which meets every week, sometimes talks about what's going on in the world and it's not usually real good stuff. What do you choose to think about? Do you choose to think about the good or do you choose to think about the bad? Matt Chandler talks about that. And Jenny Allen, one of his women's Bible study leaders, has this quote. I'm going to put it on the screen for you. She said, it's a God-given, God-redeemed ability to choose what you think about a choice regarding where you focus your energy a choice regarding who or whom you live for you see peter in first peter tells you and he tells me this is what we need to live for we don't need to live for it just on sunday mornings we need to live for it when you go outside the church walls we need to live for the new life in Christ number 1 which we talked about last week. We need to live for what you just sang about the living hope that we have because of why? Because of Jesus Christ. We need to we need to walk out the doors thinking about our inheritance that we will receive that's undefiled, unblemished, unfading and that we are the inheritance both we give And we receive from the Lord. We give ourselves back to the Lord. And we need to think about, as we walk out those doors, the new life, the resurrected life in the body that we will have, which Peter talks about. Those four things. The prophets, we understand from last week, they kept going. Why? Because they realized that finally... (laughs) Uh, why am I saying the same thing over and over and over? To all these people that won't listen. To all these people that won't regard. Uh, uh, won't change the way. Uh, uh, why am I doing all this? The prophets finally realized. I'm doing it for you. Not doing it for me. I'm not speaking for me. I'm speaking for you. Because. Oh. We talked to last week. The angels long to Look. At your salvation. Yes, we know that they were created a little lower than man, but that's okay. They long as something that we don't think about, something we don't study about, something that we don't really talk about very much. As angels, we don't talk about Daniel in seven and eight. And when, when the angels was uh when Daniel was praying and and God, I need some help because I'm I'm going to war and and all this is happening and and God, will you come? And God was silent. God did not come. And God did not send any help. And finally an angel showed up about a week or so later and said, man, I'm sorry. I was fighting in the heavenlies with a prince of Persia. And finally Michael the archangel had to come help me. And so that's why I'm late in getting to you. We don't even talk about them. But these people that are there to help, these people, these angels that are there to help, these spiritual beings that are there to help you and I. along." To look into ourselves. The long. You know what another word for that is? Covet. They covet the salvation that you and I have. They don't have it. They long to look. And they can't wait for us to get to heaven. To party all day long. That's what first peter the beginning of first peter talks about i'm going to explain we're going to start today with first peter chapter one verse 13 so look in your bibles to verse 13 let's see what the scripture says we've had a lot to do today and that's good and we always have a lot to do and that is also good therefore preparing your minds for action Holy A synonym with that, and there's something else that we'll go back to later on, uh, but a synonym for the holiness and what God has called you to is the logos which we read every day. Our logos, our amount of time that we spend in the Word of God, will determine whether or not we are holy or not. How much time you spend thinking what you choose to think about, Philippians four eight well, will I choose those good things? And one of the things that K. Arthur said, my wife said to me, and Jenny Allen would say if she could, would be Philippians 4 Adem. About two weeks ago, I received a word from uh, another pastor that's pastoring a church um, in another county in the state of Texas, somewhere far, far away. And he said, I will never forget, never forget Philippians 4 Adem. I cannot read that verse without thinking about what I choose. Philippians 4, eight What I choose to think about. What do you choose to think about? Do you choose to think about the good or just the bad that is going on? C.S. Lewis said it's best when he said every Christian is to become a little Christ. We see that when God says, but as he who called you is holy... Be holy in all of your conduct, everything that you do, since it's written, you shall be holy, since I am holy. We know that's talking about God, but it says you shall be holy. You and I, what do we choose to think about, our logos, our time we spend in God's Word will determine whether or not we are holy or not, because we cannot come, become like Christ, we cannot become a little Christian if we don't spend some time with Him as well you know all of you like assists in basketball and and how many of you go to basketball games every year or you watch them on tv raise your hands all right many of you in this auditorium know something to do with basketball i love i'm a grandchild uh grand i have grandparents so yes i'm a grandchild too but uh i I play basketball enough to know that that it's not just what you score that counts it's the assists that you do It's the assist that a point guard in particular has that helps someone. And you might think, well, I know the assist leader. The assist leader has got to be someone like a Michael Jordan. It's got to be somebody like a Kobe Bryant. Oh, yes, they had lots of points. Did they have any assist? The main assist leader in the NBA still today is a name that some of you will recognize and some of you may not. John Stockton of the Utah Jazz in the NBA had over 15,000 assists. That was way back when and still stands. Uh, Can I say that most of those assists, a lot of them were to Carl Malone, who is a Louisiana Tech product, and I am a proud Louisiana Tech graduate, all right? Can I say that? Maybe, maybe not. And maybe some of you have not ever heard of John Stockton. I don't know how God counts assists. I don't know if it's the same way. I don't know if he says, you helped them because you spent time and you were holy in your conduct in everything you did. And they saw, they were looking, they were like the angels. They couldn't wait to see. They could see something different about you. Maybe you didn't spread the gospel Proclaim his death until he returns, as the scripture says, but maybe you just had some helped him or her along the way. Maybe you had an assist. I, I don't know if that's you. I don't know if that's me, but that's what First Peter 13 through 16 talks about us being holy and us trying to do what we can when we walk out of the door so let's look at verses 17 for just a minute verse 17 through 21 if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to one's each one's deeds conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways and inherited there's that word inherited from your forefathers not with perishable things Such as silver or gold, but with precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you who through him, how? Through him, say it with me, through him, through him. Are believers in God who raised Him from the dead and gave Him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. First Peter is not telling them necessarily how to live or how to what you do. Your conduct, period. You should be holy, period. You didn't spend a lot of time on details. Someone asked me several weeks ago, what are you gonna do here at Main Street Baptist Church? And I said, Well, my job is not to to tell you how to tie your shoe. It's just to let you know that your shoe needs to be tied if you have shoes that tie when you walk around. Like First Peter. He didn't tell the new believers, new converts how what to do when they lived. He just said forget what you've been doing. Be holy. As he who called you. Uh, through him you have salvation. Salvation comes through him. It's not of yourselves. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter. What you think you can do for the kingdom of God. Through him. You have been saved. Period. Through Him, you are who you are. Your faith and your hope. Verse 21. Who raised Him from the dead and gave Him glory so that your faith and hope where? Are in God. Not in yourself. But in Him. Uh, is it supposed to be? Yes. It's supposed to be. Your faith and hope are supposed to be through him in him, for him not it doesn't say anything about ourselves does well I think i'm good enough as it is Mm-mm. be holy, not in here it's easy to do in here in your work, in your home, in your play, when you leave. This place that's very comfortable, very nice, and as hot as it is, I'm glad we have air conditioning in here. But one of the best church services we've ever had. Uh we were going through pictures this last week and, and we were missionaries in Ukraine back in uh I could say better days of the Ukraine. And this is a little apartment building on a Sunday morning when three preachers gathered together to give a message and, and forty people crammed in this small apartment one little guy on a guitar and a keyboard playing uh, uh, hymns of faith and encouragement to us and we're sweating like pigs like animals and that was one of the best worship services ever I heard some sing in Russian some sing in English but they were all singing the same song the same heart going out because of their faith and their hope in their belief. In Him. Through Him. That's what Jesus wants. As Jesus was walking along the beach, He called Peter and His brother Andrew. In the rest of this book, He tells some of that story, but He tells it of His call. I've said before that it was kinda of like the B-Team. Uh, Peter and the, the disciples were like, they didn't get chosen by any other teacher of the law. As Jews, no, they didn't get chosen, but they were. Peter, Jesus walked by the boat that Peter and Andrew were on, and he said, "Come, follow me." Eh, Let me think about it. No, that wasn't there. Immediately, they left their boat. Why? Called. They're called out. To be holy. Verse 15 talks about that. Let's repeat that. But as he who called you, called. What kind of calling do you have on your life? He who called you is holy. Be holy. It doesn't say maybe in your spare time practice holiness every now and then. As he who called you is holy. Be holy. It's not what you do that counts. It's who you are. Any of us can do the right thing at the right or the wrong time, but not any of us follow his call to be holy. Be holy. Called. We're called out of his darkness into marvelous light. We haven't read that yet, but verse, chapter two, verse nine, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who, who what? Who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. God has placed a call on your life. Holiness, yes. Out of the darkness that you may used to live in, into His marvelous light. God has called you. He's called you to suffer and to follow Christ's example of meekness. Uh, we talked about uh, persecution before. Uh, how many of us are actually persecuted? Well, Christ called us to suffer. Chapter 2, verse 21 says this. For to this you have been... Mm, there's that word again. Called. Why does Peter concentrate on the calling? Because he was called. And he knows that you and I have been called. So in verse 21, for to this you have been called. Because Christ also suffered for you. Leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. Charles Sheldon, if you have not read the book by Charles years and years ago. In his steps. That is where this is... Is based on in his steps. That scripture passage. That scripture passage. Birth the song living hope. Uh, which Phil Wickham sang. Uh, three or four or five years ago. Uh, which we just sang. You just sang this morning. Uh, there's much to do with First Peter. But it doesn't tell us how. It just says we've been called. To do this. To live this way. Not to live like we used to. We are called to suffer. And to follow Christ's example. We are called to inherit the blessing. Turn turn to chapter 3. Verse 9. Says the following. Do not repay evil for evil. Or reviling for reviling. But on the contrary. Bless. For to this you are. mm, Called. That you may obtain. A blessing. You may inherit. A blessing because God wants to give you good things. That's the inheritance that we receive from God through Him. But then God in Ephesians tells us, You are my inheritance. God gets us. What is God going to get when He gets you? Is God going to get someone that is holy? Or is God going to get someone who well whatever. I'll just live. Whatever. We're called to inherit a blessing we're called finally to his eternal glory chapter 5 in First Peter verse 10 chapter 5 and after you have suffered a little while a little while remember last week I said oh you need to underline that little while because there are things that you will go through you call it persecution maybe maybe not but there is a time in which you will suffer for a little while as that means in a little while we're going to get to where we're going what is the most common question asked by teenagers when they're on a trip when are we going to get there (laughs) Uh, how long are we going to get there? You know, senior adult ministry is much like youth ministry. They are all wanting to know when we're going to get there. Where are we going? Where are we going? When are we going to get there? Now, a lot of senior adults, uh, I will not answer the following question. They ask me, Frank, will you help set me up with so-and-so? Because both spouses have passed away, and so they want to be said, mm, No, I won't do that, and I won't do it with teenagers either. So uh, you're on your own there. Finding your spouse or your future mate or whatever the case might be. But what are we called to do? We're called to be little Christians. That's what we're called. Verse 10 says it best. After you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has, oh, done what? Say it with me. He's called. He's called you to his eternal glory in Christ. Will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the glory, the dominion forever and ever. As we wrap things up. The end of First Peter. Go back to First Peter. Chapter 1. Verse 22. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth. It doesn't say what truth You're just going to obey what you greet. Because the time you spend in here will determine whether or not you are holy or not. So as you are obedient to the truth, as you are obedient to the truth, you've purified your souls for a sincere brotherly love. Does that mean your brother is Your sister is not going to mess up. No, it doesn't mean that. Because they will. They're humans. They're going to mess up. Your faith and your holiness does not come as you look at someone else. It comes as you look at God and His Word. And Peter describes that perfectly in the next few verses. So that, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, for a sincere brotherly love, love one another. Are they going to mess up? Yes, they are to do. They are going to mess up. What are we to do? We are to love them. Even in their mess-ups, in their time of mistakes, we're to love them from a brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart since you have been born again, not a perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding hmm. word of God. And then he quotes Isaiah chapter 40, all flesh is like grass and all its glory, like the flower of grass, the grass withers and the flower falls. But the word of the Lord remains forever. God calls us to himself. God calls us to be holy. What call has God put upon your life? It doesn't have to be specific. It just has to be a call of obedience to his word. Why does Peter close this chapter... Talking about the word of God. Because the word of God is everything. Peter didn't have the canon as we have it today. He was part of the canon. And we're grateful for what Peter wrote. The word of God is how he closes it all. You are called to be all this. But it's according to the word of God. I want to ask you this morning. How much time do you spend in His Word? Is it every now and then? Or is it to be obedient, to be holy, because you're called to be? Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this time. Thank you for your call upon our lives. And thank you, Father, that, that we do not need to fear what man may do to us. We need to fear, reverence your name because you are indeed holy. If there's one person here that needs to, as we have observed the ordinances of baptism, the ordinance of the Lord's Supper, if there's one person here that needs to be drawn closer to you, then the silence, the stillness of this moment With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to be able to pray for those people. So if you're here and you need to understand that your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, just lift your hands up let me pray for you. Let me pray that you receive in a calling and you want to be drawn closer to the Lord. Main Street Baptist, that is our goal. Father, thank you for who you are. Thank you for your word. And I pray that we can receive from you those things which we need to be obedient, to be holy, to be called, as Peter said. Now let us not worry about what other people may say, what other people may do, but let us love out of a pure and sincere heart because we have our salvation through you. If it's not for your honor and your glory, it's not at all. Lord, help us to understand you are the beginning, you're the middle, you're the end of our calling. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.